0: I went to this one conference. I spoke with a whole set of other speakers. I got a standing ovation. A gentleman came up and said, Karen, that was, you did a great job. And he was a fellow speaker. And he said, what's your speaker fee? And I was excited. So listen, I'm young. I think it was 20 at that point. It's $500. Like I probably said that. And he looked at me like a ghost and he said, they paid me $5,000 to do the exact same thing.
1: Karen Donaldson is a communications and body language expert, professional speaker, international bestselling author, and coach for professional speakers. In the online world, you're going to meet a ton of people who have added speaking to the list of revenue streams, but you won't meet anyone who started doing it in high school and has figured out all the nooks and crannies of the industry the way that Karen has. But how does someone start speaking professionally when they're in high school? We're having trouble making it happen and we are expert grown-ups. Karen's story begins with a single event that changed the course of her whole life and one decision to not let it define who she was ever again.
0: And I was the, I was not shying away. I was no longer sitting at the back of the class because I never did that until people made me feel like an outcast.
1: My name is Ina Coveney and I'm an online presence expert for online coaches and Karen is my speaking coach and I can't wait to share her with you and make sure to stay through to the end because I asked her what are the top three things that people should be doing if they want to get started with speaking professionally and you will want to hear her juicy tips. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while staring at a messy house full of toys because grandma and grandpa love spoiling your kids, consider yourself very fortunate. And head over to the review section, leave a five-star review, and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. Here's my interview with the queen of public speaking, Karen Donaldson.
0: This is The Global Phenomenon with Ina Kovani, the podcast where the self-made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be found.
1: Hello, everybody. Today, I have Karen Donaldson, who's actually my speaking coach. She is the one who taught me how to get paid for speaking. Karen, hi. so nice to see you. Thank
0: you so much for having me here, Ina. It's a pleasure and I cannot wait to get started.
1: Ah, this is gonna be great. And I just wanted to say out loud that I appreciate you wearing pink. My branding colors coming to light. I don't know if that was intentional, but I'm gonna assume that it was fully planned
0: it always happens as it should. So of course it was planned.
1: Of course it was planned planned by the universe. So Karen, um, I really want to dive into your story because you are an incredibly successful uh, coach for celebrities, for people who want to get on stage. And we don't all just wake up one day and are, uh, you know, reach the level that you have reached overnight. So I want you to take me way back. We all start our careers at a place where we have a traditional path right in front of us, right? We, uh, we think we're going to go to college and, um, you know, get married and have a job and then retire. I want you to take me back to that point where you thought you had your life figured out in a more traditional way. What did that look like?
0: That's a really good question. And I will go back for you and with you. And here's what it looked like for me. I, when I was going to school, I'm here in Toronto, Canada. We had up to grade 13 at that point and it gave us just a, a year to really decide what we wanted to do for ourselves. And I knew that I wanted to go to college or university or more so university, but the reason I wanted to go to university was because my mother wanted me to go to university. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting thing, right? And I had pretty decent marks and I absolutely loved school, loved my teachers. And here's where my story truly began. I was in my last year of high school. And at that time, you know, I was a peer mentor. I had a really good relationships with a teacher. Uh, if you can even think of back in high school, there was the nerds, there were the, the, the band crew, the choir crew, the jocks. I was kind of in the jock crew because I was highly athletic, but I was friends with just about everyone. I'd go have lunch in the choir hallway. So that was me. So just friends with everyone and really great relationships. And I was also a top athlete in my school. And I remember being called down to the office one day and I was in class and you know when they call you to the office and the kids, everyone else in the class is, oh my God, what'd you do? Because the only reason you got called into to the office was because something bad was happening. So as I was walking down, everyone was doing the ooh and ah. And once I went into the office, I saw my track coach and he was holding a letter and he gave it to me. And it was a full scholarship to a U.S. college at that time. And when I was going to school, a lot of Canadians were not getting full scholarships to go to U.S. schools. So it was huge. So it was my principal there, my track coach presenting it to me. And I was so excited. I ran back to my class. Um, I just yelled it in the class. And I literally ran around the school and kind of gathered some of my friends from the other classes. And everyone was just excited for me. It was just a rare occurrence. So the whole school was excited. I was gonna accept the offer. Here's what happened next. Excited, everyone's proud of me, Karen. I can't believe it, you did it. You're one in a million. I went home for Christmas break and I came back to school and I found out I was pregnant. And I decided to keep my daughter. And for a while, I tried to to hide my pregnancy. Anyone who's had a child knows you can only hide that belly for oh so long. And when my friends found out, I lost about 90% of my friends. The teachers were all disappointed in me. And I started to be disappointed in myself and started missing classes and things like that. And people used to treat me like an outcast once they found out I was pregnant. And, you know, there's this one day I was walking home from school and I... stopped at this bus shelter that I passed every single day to and fro school from school and I saw my reflection and I said to myself Karen you are allowing the words of others to define you you are not contagious you don't have the plague you are not diseased words and actions of others don't define you you define you and they only define you if you allow it to just stop it and in that moment I said to myself well I'm the same person I was in September. I'm just pregnant. And if they're not okay with it, they don't like it. They don't have to, but I choose to like myself. And that's where my mantra was literally born, right? At that last year of high school. And I went back to school with my head on strong, Ina. People had an opinion. That was fine. So did I. And mine was positive about myself. So I came back to school with a like a force to be reckoned with. And that year... Eight months pregnant, I graduated with the President's Award. I got the top athletic award, although I was pregnant because everything that I did preceded me and spoke to the person I was. And from that point, I started to speak to some of the students in my high school. Then I was invited to other high schools to speak. Then all of a sudden I was invited out to universities and colleges. All of a sudden U.S. colleges were calling me and, and flying me across North America to speak at their colleges. Then all of a sudden I got a corporate call. Then I started to do corporate events. Then I was doing leadership retreats. And that's how my speaking career was born. And five years into it, I didn't know you could truly get paid, and I found someone, and they became my mentor, and they showed me the behind the scenes of the speaking industry, and, and that's literally how my business was born as a speaker, right? And I, I basically coined my system, and I teach other people how to do it, and you know, as you say, how do I get to working celebrities? I've had three key jobs in my lifetime. That's it. I've been in business for over 10 years. Absolutely love it. I essentially, my last job, I was the senior partnership specialist of uh, the Heart and Stroke Foundation of Ontario. And I went out and I did keynotes, workshops, and the president, the CEO of a large company over here in Canada saw me speak on stage. And he said to me, Karen, who did they hire for you to speak like that? And I laughed and I said, they didn't hire anyone. And he's like, you can tell me, I can afford ma'am. I'm a CEO. And I said, it's just practice. You know, I've been on stages and that's when I kind of divulged. Although I was working full-time, I took holiday time to go do those, those keynotes and those speaking engagements. And he hired me on the spot. And after I hired, he hired me and he showed up in a more confident manner, commanding more attention. His colleagues and his peers asked, who's your coach? Then all these calls started to come into me. Then another CEO, then a COO was hiring me, then a VP. And they're not even asking the investment. They just, I want you. It doesn't matter. Please send your invoice. Then all of a sudden I get a celebrity call. Then then that's how I started being the public speaking body language coach to CEOs, VPs, you know, uh, directors, politicians, all that's That's where it began. So that's my story. It's non-traditional by all means.
1: <laughs> okay. So because we have just like... Concised so much of your life into like five minutes. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to the, really the beginning of when these things started to fit into place. So I'm here imagining somebody who's listening, who is probably thinking to themselves, well, it sounds like everything just kind of aligned for Karen. Ever, she was just lucky that some people heard her speak and that she happened to be good at it. And then people just kind of Rode her into success. So I want to dispel that and kill that right now. Thank and you. I want to especially go back to the beginning because anybody else in your position, right, having gotten pregnant in high school and um, you know losing all of her friends and facing the, the 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 looks of disappointment in people around you and you feeling like my God, I was supposed to go on a full scholarship that I was so happy about and that's not happening anymore. First of all, I just want to sit with that feeling for a second, Mm -hmm. because we have all faced struggles in our lives. And you've just described one that is particularly, I was here tearing up just hearing about it, Um, because it's so hard when something happens that just basically changes your life Mm -hmm. overnight. It just like your life was never going to be the same again. Can you tell us a little bit of what going through that was like?
0: It was was totally scary because back when I was in school, when young girls got pregnant, like they were literally outcasts. And when I realized I was now that person, because I had been on the other side and I've heard people's comments about other people who, you know, oh my goodness, they flunked out of high school. Look at them now, X, Y, Z. And that was me. And the, the nice thing is when I told my mom, she wasn't disappointed. My mom said, okay, you now have to really focus and I'm here to support you. But everyone else around me, including family was, oh, I can't believe it. So disappointed. You had a great future. I even had friends. We had a, a yearbook. I don't remember your last year of high school We you passed around the yearbook and people wrote in it. People wrote such mean things in it. Karen, you had so much potential. I'm disappointed. I'm so sad for you. And I just have to find it just to share with other people. That's what people wrote. So it was hard. It was, it was difficult. Like I, I, I'll share this one piece. I don't share often. I remember walking down the hall after everyone in the school knew I was pregnant and I had great relationships with the teacher and, you I was walking and I was just about to turn right. I can picture it. And I stopped because I heard my name, Karen. And one of the teachers who I thought I had a great relationship with, like really supported me. She said that I didn't know that Karen was a slut.
1: Oh my God.
0: And that day I know I, I went and I, I literally went home and people hadn't known. I'd actually been with my boyfriend for a number of years, but once again, I keep my private life private from a young age, realistically, but nonetheless that killed me. And That was before I came back to school with my head on strong. And I said, you know what? People can have their opinion, but I need mine. So it was a struggle. Like, it was a literal head game. I was allowing other people's messages. I was allowing the way they treated me like an outcast. And I started to believe that I was literally an outcast. People would see me coming down the hall and before I was like, hey, hey, hey. They backed away, they moved in towards their locker, they looked back, they looked away, their eyes caught me. But there was, there was nothing nice that people said except for a handful of friends who are literally still my friends a decades later today, right? It was, it was a tough time. And what always happens, it's a mind game. And it's a choice of, are we gonna allow someone else's opinion to determine ours? or are we going to choose our own and live in it and stand in it and walk in it regardless of what else people say, regardless of the environment? Because it was great. Like I had a full scholarship, you know, a full scholarship to a U.S. school what everyone else wanted. And people were like, you literally threw that away, Karen? So like, those are the stares I was getting. So it wasn't easy. It really wasn't easy. But that one day I tell you, just walking home and, and looking at myself. And I said, Karen, there's nothing wrong with you. There nothing wrong with you. And it was a head game again. What was I choosing? What do you believe to be true for you? Regardless of what others, like, what do you want for yourself? And I had to get clear on that. And that's when that one decision of just Karen, like, what do you, what do you believe about yourself? We fully know what everyone else thinks about you but what do you want for yourself? What do you believe for yourself? So I chose to come to school and I was the, I was not shying away. I was no longer sitting at the back of the class because I never did that until people made me feel like an outcast. Yes, I couldn't fit in the seat, but what I did was I asked the teacher, you know, could I get a chair? Cause I want to sit up here. And they brought a chair like into the class. And all of a sudden, you know, people were like, Oh, it's, it's just Karen. You know, people treat you how you treat yourself. And that was my choice at that time. I'm going to show up as Karen and people can, I always had to say to myself, Karen, you're enough, Karen, you're the same great person, Karen, you're great at making friends, Karen, you're actually good in this class. Don't forget, you might've missed some classes, but you're, you're good in this class. You're good at science. You actually love science. Yeah. Right. Don't pretend to fit into someone else's, you know, creation or thought of what, who you are right now, just because you're pregnant. And I came back to school as Karen, Right. I came back and I just, that declaration of Karen, you're enough. Karen, you got this. Every time I got that stare as I was walking down the hall, because it did continue from some people, a lot of people, was Karen, you got this. Karen, you're still amazing. Karen, you're still a good athlete. Yes, you can't do any athletics this year, but Karen, you're still a good athlete. So that's what it was.
1: For anybody who's listening, I would love to just kind of let everybody let that sink in a little bit in in their own situation. Do you feel like you're going with the flow and going with what people think you should be, working on the business that you feel like you should be working on. Are you not being true to yourself? Um, So sit that for a second while we get to your speaking career now. So anybody in your situation would have still tried to hang on to traditional, right? Hang on to like, well it's okay. I'm going to have the baby, but I'm going to get, you know, my athletics back. I'm going to go to college anyway. I'm going to like, you know, get my life like back on the track that it was before, but you didn't, it just started to take a completely different shape. So what was that transition in your mind like? Like, okay, I'm no, no longer on this train track. Like I've basically gone on this other train track that is going to take me to a different place. What was, do you remember like not having the same goals that you used to have? Because up until that point, you you knew what you wanted to major in in college and to go to that school. And how did you change that vision for yourself? Do you remember when that happened? I sure did. Because one of the things that I
0: did before I realized that I had a scholarship, I had applied to other universities, local universities across Canada. Mm-hmm. And I got accepted into all three. So I had some acceptance letters from local universities. And what shifted was, My head was still on straight. I knew I couldn't go away and I was planning to, and I'm like meeting so many different people and maybe track was my career. Mm -hmm. I actually chose a local university Mm -hmm. and I actually, you know, here's what I did. My mom wanted to go with me. I made an appointment with the Dean of the university because I knew I wanted to stay home with my daughter for a year and I didn't want her to go in daycare or any of that. I marched in with my pregnant belly and I asked for him to defer my acceptance letter for one year so I wouldn't have to reapply. And he said, yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I had that whole year home with my daughter and it it made me more focused, I promise you, because when you're responsible for another little human being who's like Googling and drooling, all of a sudden it's like laser focus kicks in from wherever it kicks in from. Mm-hmm. And I had to make some quicker decisions, right? So I was, I was really intentional. And um, one of the things I was intentional with was, was believing and knowing that I I used to be a leader. I was pregnant. There was that little period. I'm still a leader with a child Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it's possible. And I, at that point, there were no people in front of me who were pregnant just out of high school and still in this leadership role. But that was in my head because that's all, that's the only thing I knew how to be. And we have to remember that. Who are we? Like, let's decide who we want to be. And I was starting to be flown around North America to do speaking engagements. I went to my university, so I have a Bachelor of Applied Science. I am a science geek proudly. I'll state that proudly. Um, So I do have that uh, undergraduate degree. And when it came to speaking, the first five years, I was, I literally, can say it now, I was being pimped. People were paying me $500. And just think about it. You're 19. You're speaking about something that you can, like, talk about for hours, and someone's paying you. Mm-hmm. And a limo's picking you up to bring you to the airport. And you're flying first class or business class. Then they're putting you in a suite. And then you can order anything on the menu. I promise you, back then it was amazing. And there was one speaking
1: engagement. Oh, no, you want to talk about that? <laughs> it
0: was so much fun.
1: I, I want to know, first of all, how did these opportunities come about? Were you, because right now, from the outsider's perspective, people were just sending you invitations, which you were accepting. What was... Within your control to start that career? What were the things that you were doing to foment that career, to nurture it?
0: Great question. At that time, right out of high school, I did not know you could make it into a career.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, what was happening was um, other t- teachers within my school were referring me to other high schools. Mm-hmm. And then the other teachers in the audience at these other high schools were connected, their spouses or peers or colleagues were either teaching somewhere else or working in an organization. And then I, I started to get the calls, but it kind of slowed down. Mm-hmm. At this one conference I went to, you know, this is where it shifts and like people can really take some notes. I went to this one conference, I spoke with a whole set of other speakers. I got a standing ovation. A gentleman came up and said, Karen, that was, you did a great job. And he was a fellow speaker. And he said, What's your speaker fee? And I was excited. So listen, I'm young. I think it was 20 at that point. It's $500. Like I probably said that. And he looked at me like a ghost, like a ghost had crossed his path. And he said, they paid me $5,000 to do the exact same thing. And I found out everyone there got paid $5,000 except for me because I only knew to ask for 500 happily. At that point I got my mentor. That person became my mentor, hired them as a coach. And I learned the ins and outs of the speaking industry. Mm -hmm. I learned how to show up. So the meeting planners see you as a professional, not an amateur and believe that they're, that I'm, that we are worthy of their budget. Like that's where that shift comes in. There's a lot of speakers, but a lot of people are speaking for free or just not getting paid. And that's, uh, you know, one core piece. We have to show up as a professional, but as a professional defined by them, not us.
1: I just have to say that one of the biggest eye-opening things that I learned from you is because, you know, I get, inv- I just got pinged by someone who has like a little speaking bureau of his own. And he's like, Hey, I-, I love your lives. Let's do a live together, right? Like let's do some audience sharing. I'm like, okay, sure. You know, we do these All the time, right? Like just like share audiences and be on somebody's podcast. And like we're not getting paid for these things. Nobody's exchanging money, right? Like these things are always there. The one thing that I learned from you that opened my eyes is that of everybody who's out there doing speaking engagements, there's only 3% of them Mm -hmm. who are actually out there professionally and making money. And it's not that they are, it's not like I'm I'm connecting with this little guy who wants to do a live with me and telling him like, you know, my speaking fee is $15,000. It's not like I'm doing that. It's that there's an entire industry looking for great speakers and they have the budget to go and give you what you ask for. It's not you like prying money out of people's hands who just want like free speakers. It's, there's an entire industry behind it, so it's a matter of plugging plugging into that industry as a professional. So the one thing that I learned from you that like just like continues to open my eyes every day is remember, Ina, these little speaking engagements that you're doing for free are not it. They are not part of that three percent. It's about going after that three percent. Um, And first of all, I'm gonna let you react to that. Yeah.
0: No, you're absolutely correct. Like, that was it for me. At that five-year mark where I met my mentor, that was it. It was realizing that the professional meeting planning industry is its own world. And it's huge. And they're highly connected across North America, uh, the UK, all across you know Asia, Europe. And you know one of the things in, in all of my speaking programs is I ha- actually have a board of advisors of meeting planners all across North America and the UK because I need to know what they need from us which is why 70% of my speakers are still getting booked and paid to speak right now. But yes, they're their own world and they are looking for us. They are paid a full-time salary, Ina and everyone who's listening to look for professional speakers who they can pay anywhere from $5,000 to $30,000 for a one-hour keynote, live and or virtual. That's the industry.
1: So um, I think this is a perfect opportunity for you to teach us a little bit about this industry. Now that we just cracked it open and people who are listening, they're like, what? I didn't even know this was a thing. Why don't you give us just like your best three tips of anybody who's just realizing that this is a thing? Okay, how do I plug into that? What should I be doing? Can you give us three quick tips everybody can take home with them?
0: Definitely. Tip number one, you cannot show up as a multi expert, multi experts do not get booked and paid to speak. Experts of one core area get booked and paid to speak. Here's what I want to promise you. And I want to tell you, and this is based on what the meeting plans have said, when they see a professional who says they're a speaker, say that I'm a communication specialist, I'm a digital marketing expert, and I'm a copywriter. They're like, okay, you're just a master of too many things, which means you're an expert at nothing. Equals Amateur, I can't hire you to come and speak on my stage because I have attendees paying, you know, $500, $5,000 to come to this conference. And I can't have you try out, wet your feet on my stage. So one is stop being a multi-expert. And in my programs, I help people choose. Now you might say, okay, well, Karen, well, what do I do? You need to choose one area of expertise and lead with that. And I know how hard this can be as an entrepreneur. We are experts in various areas. And this was a challenge for me too, Ina. I have so many areas of expertise and you feel, let me tell you, let me go there with you. I know how it feels when you have to choose. You're saying to yourself, well, Karen, if I choose one, what happens to area two and three? Am I not leaving money on the table? And I'm here to tell you, no, let me tell you why with the second tip. If you Google, so if you say, just everyone walk through, through this with me. Think of your one area of expertise, right? Just think of it right now. Just, we're just playing with this. And think about your audience. Does your topic area or expertise fit? Can it help everyone? And most people will say yes. Now, I want you to go online and Google an audience called everyone. Nothing shows up, right? <laughs> So when we start to say and this is tip number three that we serve everyone and my topic can help everyone the meeting planners are clear that it helps no one and you have no clue who it helps we have to not only stop being a multi-expert tip number one tip number two choose one area of expertise tip number three we must choose one target audience so we can name it I help phone sales representatives close more sales calls instead of I can help everyone close sales calls. There's never a conference for everyone. So those are my three tips. And even when it comes to the target audience, you have to ensure that there is a fit. So there's a profitability factor. You know, that's something that I teach in my programs as well.
1: Okay, this is amazing. Everybody should like write these things down, put them on a post-it on your computer and just know these things. Um, Here's where I want to kind of, here's what I really want to ask you. Um, About the being multi-talented thing you like got the nail on the head of how hard that is for everyone, right? Because um, every call that I've gotten on for the past two weeks, I'm like, okay, who do you help? And they're like, well, I can help anybody who needs help with social media. I'm like, okay, so like we have to work to narrow that down. They're like, yeah, but I still help other people. The best example that I give of this is of a photographer who, you know, if I tell them, well, you know, if you like doing wedding photography, make sure your website and your online person is all about wedding photography. And they're like, yeah, but I can do corporate events too. And I can do headshots too. Like, it doesn't mean that I can only, I'm like- I know that. (laughs) But if you're going to be charging premium, people are not going to pay a jack of all trades. People are going to pay like, hey, if I look at two websites and one has all of these services and one is like, I do weddings, who do you think is gonna charge more? The specialist or the jack of all trades? So I want to get personal with you and I want you to tell me, Karen, what are your multiple areas of expertise and how did you quote unquote let them go? To focus on the thing that you want to be known for. Tell us what that process was like for you personally.
0: Absolutely. Good question. All right. So let me go back for a bit because it was I went through a lot of iterations and it was hard, everyone. So know it's a process. And know if it's hard, you're normal, (laughs) first things first. So I started off talking about when I come from when I came from high school, about perseverance and self-leadership. And that was it, right? Mm -hmm. And then it went to a taste of confidence, right? And then it went to share leadership training, right? Um, then I went to I broadened it to communications, right? And the one part I didn't tell you about—we don't have to go there. M- chapter one of my life: I'm actually professionally trained dancer, choreographer, and artistic director for dance productions and theater productions. Um, so that's a part of my story. But nonetheless. Um, I used to talk about, uh, I used to go and speak about Black History Month as well, because I can walk you through the history of dance and the history of dance forms. So that was another area of expertise. So I was everything. So I did, I was talking at at, um, high schools and colleges and universities for Black History Month. Then I was doing leadership retreats on leadership. Then I realized, like, well, Karen, you're not really a totally leadership coach. You do uh, self-leadership and perseverance really well. And then my coach said, Karen, you have to choose. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like okay 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 and I'm gonna tell you this I chose but I didn't really chose I told him that I chose but I didn't and I set up my website that he didn't check with everything and I realized that I still wasn't being booked as I should be after I learned the ins and outs of the, the industry and then I tailored it to communication communications coach an expert and confidence coach and that's where things started to grow yeah. Right. And as you heard, I work with celebrities and everyday entrepreneurs as a communication and body language. Body language has always been a part of the communications coaching that I've done, but I had to draw it out. So people actually hear it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what I've landed on for the past few years. And it's actually, and sometimes you'll realize it doesn't mean you fully let go Ina, because you can change it at any time. And sometimes things overlap and cross over. So my communication body language coaching the foundation of that is your self-belief and your self-confidence so i touch on all those pieces but once you decide i promise you things will take off because specialists get booked and paid to speak i'll say it again specialists of a core area get booked and paid to speak so if you know that and it's not even a question can you speak really well they can't even see you if you show up as a multi expert so that was my experience and I'm just soaring as a communication body language and and confidence expert you know coach speaker and author
1: and I remember you sending an email to your audience um, saying hey by the way I'm gonna be on Fox uh news talking about the body language of the presidential candidates during the debate and I'm like what (laughs) <laughs> what and uh, yeah you've been on tv this is something that you just totally plugged into and which is a huge thing that attracted me to you is to see your level of successes to see like hey you have this down like this is a system that works and you know that it works because you use it yourself and you teach your people how to do it and I, I was honored to have gone through all of your program um so I I we have to start winding down because I know that I could I could go down that choreography path with by the way do you still do dancing
0: I do commissioned work so I, I um, dance company will commission me to do some choreography for them and that's about it right now uh-huh.
1: oh my god that sounds like so much fun but like you won't see any of that on your website because you are communications and body language expert and that's what you get paid for and mm-hmm. so I, I'm so glad that you said that because I want people to know how hard it is to like say see Take something that means so much to you and say like, okay, I'm going to have to to tease this out. Yeah.
0: I I know we're going to get ready to wind things down, but because I chose, like I'm a believer in all my programs, we show my clients how to get PR and media. So one of the things, because I chose, I am now the official body language and communications expert for women's health magazine and cosmopolitan magazine. So that's the reality. Once I chose. So imagine if I added everything else. No, they they need a body language expert to um, advise on their articles. They need a communications expert to advise on. And as you said, I've been on numerous Canadian and U.S. channels decoding the body language, presidential debates, um, Mm -hmm. different things, showing people how to show up in different settings because I chose. Yeah.
1: So that's going to be like tip number four or I think it was like already covered in tip number one, but people got to do it. Just yes. pick one thing. Yes, so let yes. me ask you something. What is the biggest misconception that people have of you as a successful business one?
0: It's literally that I've gotten the position because of the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. So it's worked two ways, right? That's, t- that has often been my barrier. I'll walk into offices, Ina, and people, I'll say, you know, my name is Karen Donaldson. I'm here to see Ina Kovny. Right, And you're the CEO, you've never met me because your fellow COO has referred you. And they'll look at me and look down in their book and look at me again, Ina. And they'll say, are you Karen Donaldson or is Karen being dropped off at the front? Is Karen in the elevator? Are you Karen's intern? Are you Karen's summer student? They don't expect me to be a senior executive communication coach, Mm -hmm. right? So like, that's one of the barriers, what's the one barrier that I personally face but the misconception is that I got here because the color of my skin and that's not true. I got to the position, I I work with the type of clientele that I work with because what I do is solid. Mm -hmm. I know what results I can help my clients get and the proof is in the pudding. So sometimes, oh, you're a woman, I've been called a skirt you're a black one with a skirt where, you know, this affirmative action, we need some of you. No, I can show you how to command attention like no other on that stage. Give me three hours and watch me. Yeah. Right. So that's a misconception that I got into this position because of, you know, you're a woman and you're black and not at all. My friend, I promise you that wasn't it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think no, nothing beats hard work and knowing your stuff yeah. <laughs> for sure. So let me ask you something. It's, Everybody was listening to you right now. The whole world is listening and you were giving them one thing to do in the next 24 hours to improve their business, to improve their exposure, to heighten their visibility, to have a happier life, whatever it is, something that you need the world to do and they have to do it. What would that thing be? It would be to take
0: three courageous acts every single day. Because here's a belief. Well, hard work is a part of the equation, but people think success takes, you know, decades. And it can, however, and I wish I learned this earlier, Ina, success does not take time. Success does not take as much time as we think. Success takes courage. So when we do those three courageous things a day, it's usually those things that scare us the most that will get us exactly to where we want to be. So it would be to take three courageous acts because I promise you to probably a 99 percentile that you will achieve your goals faster if you get outside of your comfort zone.
1: Karen, this has been amazing. I loved having you. Thank you so much for doing this for us.
0: Oh, it's been such an honor sharing my story. Everyone has one. And that's what people have to realize. We all have a story and we were literally born enough. We just simply need to believe it and show the courage.
1: How can people find you and follow you?
0: Thank you for asking. If you're on Instagram, you will find me at the real Karen Donaldson. When it comes to just Karen Donaldson as is and all of my brands. So me as a speaker, you know, if you want to invite me out to speak or find out about my other programs, it is www.karen.com donaldsoninc.com and for those of you who are like Ina and who are interested in getting booked and paid to speak the right way and shorten your learning curve and be one of those three presenters, my website there is speakandgetbooked.com
1: and we're gonna put all of those links below thank you so much Karen oh thanks so much for having me Ina hey there Ina here After this episode, you may be wondering how you can also achieve the kind of success that our guest has experienced in their entire career. So hit follow and subscribe to catch me on Thursday for a brand new lesson on how to grow your coaching business, even if you have a small audience. And if you'd like to hear the full interview with all the details that only the super fans care about, get free access to all of our uncut interviews by going to theglobalphenomenon.com/uncut and i'll see you on the next one.
0: Thank you for listening to the Global Phenomenon with Ina Kovani. Join the conversation inside the Facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com/facebook. Listen to new interviews every Monday and learn with the companion episode every Thursday. This podcast was created by Ina Coveney, music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark.